The incarnation is a necessary step in God's ordained plan and purpose with man that we might be brought to him by the death, burial, and resurrection of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. It is these two events, but these two significant occasions where God enfleshes himself in the seed of man, as well as in being a man, the God-man, he offers himself a sacrifice for the sins of the world, to be able to have the provision of the forgiveness of all man's sins, that that might be received by men by, on the basis of faith alone, that they might be justified in God's sight. A few weeks ago, we took a look at the incarnation specifically regarding the timing of his incarnation. And it is this week that I would like to look at further issues surrounding the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mary, Joseph, the shepherds, the humble birth of Christ, and the angels. Welcome to the weekly Wholesome Words podcast, where we examine the sound doctrine in God's word for the specific purpose to know Christ, gain the renewing of our mind, that we might prove his will in our lives, that all things would work together for his purpose. I am Josh Strelecki, pastor and teacher of Twin Cities Grace Fellowship. Join me in this episode to further look at the incarnation. Last time we looked at the timing surrounding the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. We looked at some things in Daniel as well as in the Gospel of Luke, Luke's account of the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ and the impeccable timing that it was fulfilling that which the prophets had foretold in regards to when he would come be presented as the prince and therefore he must fulfill the other prophets in regards to being born of a virgin. This would be one of the signs that God would give to Israel It says in Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. And so what we have here again is this virgin conceiving. Now we also have in Micah another prophecy regarding the Lord Jesus Christ and where he would be born, where that virgin would conceive. And that's in Micah chapter 5. And in Micah chapter 5, specifically in verse 2, if you look at it, it says, But thou, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings, for, uh, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting Therefore will he give them up until the time that she which travaileth hath brought forth. Then the remnant of his brethren shall return unto the children of Israel. And so there's some things in connection with Christ's birth and things that are going to follow it in regards to Israel and Israel's time. And what you have here is in the composition of the prophets is where Christ would be born that he would be born of a virgin, the necessity of the virgin birth in regards to 
Isaiah 53 and what he was going to have to do with transgressions and the, the nature of that. And that's exactly what we see when we get to the gospel accounts. We see Mary, this virgin, give birth to Jesus. And they are, with the census that is comes out by Caesar Augustus, Joseph and Mary travel to Bethlehem, that city of David, and of course David, according to Second Samuel chapter 7, in regards to the seed, the son of God coming through the seed line of David, he would be born in the city of David. This isn't just going to be a king in Israel. This is going to be the king of kings and lord of lords. This we know in connection with another prophecy, well-known prophecy regarding the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ and what was going to take place in connection with his birth. And as he would grow up in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be wonderful uh, shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government, and peace there shall be no end, upon the throne of David, and upon his kingdom to order it, and to establish it with judgment and with justice, from henceforth even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So we see through uh, uh, and within the nation of Israel, you would have this child born by the virgin in Bethlehem, the city of David, in which this child would grow and become a son, although Jesus of Nazareth, that is where they lived, he would therefore eventually have the government upon his shoulder. And his kingdom would be an everlasting kingdom. And he would order it and establish it with justice and judgment from henceforth forever. And it would be the zeal of the Lord to accomplish this. And such zealousness we see within the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And such zealousness we see in the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. In his burial and his resurrection. Now much could be said in connection with Zechariah and uh, Elizabeth. Uh, but we need to, for time's sake, I need to skip some things. But I want to look at um, the Luke's account again and some things that take place with Mary. God utilizes Gabriel, the angel. And so we're going to cover a couple things here, the angel's role in this, as well as now Mary and Joseph. If you remember Gabriel from a couple weeks ago, we looked at when Daniel prayed to God in, in prayers and supplications to know the timing of the establishment of the kingdom that we just looked at in Isaiah chapter 9, that he was given this timeline. But in so giving, uh, having these prayers and supplications, that the one who comes from the presence of God, Gabriel, this angel, comes and gives Daniel this information, this knowledge. It is the very same angel now years and hundreds of years later in which comes and speaks to Zacharias there in the temple and the one who comes to Mary. The angels have a significant role in and under the law as well as simply who they're created and who they're made to be as ministers of God, servants of God, going to send his messages he, they are his messengers, specifically in regards to what God was doing with Israel. 
there's seven specific spirits with a capital S that signify these seven particular angels in which are going to be very occupied in the time to come during the Lord's day of wrath, the time of Jacob's trouble on this earth. They're represented by that candle, that menorah candle that that gave guidance and protection over the showbread of that represented the nation of Israel. And we see their protection and their guidance and their provision for the little flock and the 144,000 in the future as we read the book of the Revelation, that they provide them those very things out there in the future that they might be what God has called them to be. But here we read in Luke chapter 1, when Elizabeth conceives, but then six months later, Gabriel goes unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth. And who does he go to? Verse 27. To a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Now you might be asking, why was, why was Mary highly favored? Not because she was God, but rather in connection with who... Uh, what she believed and, and who she was before God in regards to being lowly. When she says later on in chapter 1, it says in verse 46, it says, And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name, and his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He hath showed strength with his arm, and he hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats, and exalted them of low degree. She is one of low degree. She is one that fears God. He hath filled the hungry with good things. She's hungry, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He hath hope in his servant Israel, in remembrance of his mercy so his mercy is coming upon those that fear him mary feared god and she was in of lowly estate and she uh her heart was soft she was a a believer in god and his things this is what therefore then had god had favor upon her Back to verse 29. And when he saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. There's much reason why that would be. Once not, one, not only he's an angel, but in regards to uh, angelic relationships with women in the past and, and Mary's, uh, the implication of this in regards to Mary's understanding of those things and her, her understanding of scripture. But verse 30, And the angel said in her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, just as Isaiah chapter 9 prophesied, just as Second Samuel 7 uh, declares, and, and so many other passages. In, in, in Genesis chapter 12, in regards to his greatness and that great nation, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. 
Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. He's, this, this babe is going to be a holy thing because the Holy Spirit overshadows Mary. Now I want to jump forward to when it's time for her to give birth in the situation in which arised in regards to the 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 census and in and, and connection with the world being taxed and that Joseph would therefore need to go to his own city in Luke chapter 2 and we'll pick it up in verse 4 and Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David which is called Bethlehem Micah chapter 5 verse 2 because he was of the house and lineage of David to be taxed with Mary his espoused wife being great with child, and so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now we're going to come back and deal with this here in a minute, but I want to go on and talk about these shepherds and more of the angels as we as we spoke. It says in there, uh, and there were in the same country shepherds. Abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Now look at what's said here in verse 12. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, good will toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they had they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child and all that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds and the shepherds go glorifying God and those kind of things what I want you to understand is the sign issue it says he says this shall be a sign unto you you'll find the babe wrapped swallowing clothes lying in the manger now they go uh, with haste when they when they receive this news from the the angel of the Lord and the, the multitude of angels there, the heavenly host praising God and and the significance and the grandeur of this event and this time. But I don't know about you, if you've ever wondered about why he says that you'll find a babe wrapped in swallowing clothes lying in a manger, wouldn't lying in a manger be enough sign? Or wouldn't we simply just expect the, the babe to be wrapped in swaddling clothes. One of the significant things that I've come to learn and understand that isn't so prevalent when uh, just reading from the scriptures here, but when you understand some of the history uh, of the possible history of these shepherds, and so you can take this with a grain of salt, but this sign issue and these shepherds, now think about it, they're shepherds watching over their flock, their flock of what? Lambs and, and, and sheep, uh, uh, goats, 
the blood of bulls and goats. Isn't this not what Israel offered in sacrifice unto God, this, this blood sacrifice? But what was what was those uh, those those sheep, those goats, those lambs as they offered them? What were they? Were they to have any spot or blemish? No. And it very well could have been that the what the shepherds would do in raising up the very ones in which would be sacrificed unto the Lord that they were to have without spot and blemish as they wrapped them to preserve their blemish uh, with so that they might not have any spots or blemishes and it's a almost a spine tingling thought to think about whether the connection was made or not and if that is true or not that here they find the one who is the perfect sacrifice. And he's a babe. Not simply lying in a manger, but he's wrapped in swaddling clothes because he is this holy thing. And he is without spot. He is without blemish from his conception to his birth because his conception was not his beginning. He is, as Micah said, he is from everlasting. He is God. And the word became flesh. And as a babe was dwelt among us. A child was born. A son was given. And it would be in his sonship. As the adopted son of God that he would carry out as that, that Lamb of God, without spot, without blemish, he would take away the sins of the world. And much more than that which Israel simply expected, and that was the issue of the curses of their sin, he would actually die for the forgiveness of their sin. And thus provide the spiritual things of the New Testament that God would remember their sin no more. What a profound thing we have here in these accounts of the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ and as we wrap this up and although there's much more we could take a look at and hopefully this rejuvenated your thoughts regarding this time in which Christ was born that it truly does exude godliness the zeal being there represented by the angel of the Lord and the and the heavenly host praising God for God would perform this. And where does it begin? Not only in its promise, stemming all the way back to Genesis chapter 3, but the reiteration and the further progressive revelation of that promise concerning a virgin, concerning where she would bear this child, concerning the time in which they would take place in which they glorify God this heavenly host for a child is born the long awaited promise Gabriel being instrumental in describing the time in which he would come in, in essence the prophets foretold of it and now here it is that time had arrived 
on the very night that God wanted to take place, in the very place that he wanted to take place, in the very manner he wanted to take place, in the very people he wanted it to take place, because all of it was to his honor and glory and connection with his eternal purpose that would be in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. As we end, it is very significant. We should never let simply the holiday of Christmas to rob us of the sheer grandeur and the mere astonishment that God dwelt among men. That he came in the person of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. But then not come simply as a man, although being a man, he came in the weakness of man's development as a babe. The God, the one dependent upon nothing, made himself of no reputation and became dependent upon two primarily, Mary and Joseph. Subjected himself to the body of man in which he would dwell in as the God-man. Simply not just to be on this earth, not as a mere prophet, but as the Son of God, the Son of Man, the man Christ Jesus, the mediator between God and man, to offer himself a sacrifice, the sacrifice, the atonement for man's sin. And here we see when he comes, he does not come in royal fashion, but he made himself of no reputation in where he lied his head in the feeding trough of animals, the low elements of his creation, for it was man that sealeth up the sum of his creation on this earth. It is with the animals in which he lied. It is in their feeding trough in which he, they lied. It was not in the city of Jerusalem, the capital of the land. It was in the small city of David, Bethlehem, Ephrata. And it was not in a grand hotel even in the city. It wasn't even a lowly motel. It was in this place in which travelers often would travel and would stay and rest their animals, it is there that he would be born. And the news wasn't flashed amongst the world, was not highlighted on Sunday's newspaper, it was not flashed upon the TV screen of breaking news it did not fill the screens of, of certain websites it was made known to shepherds just like Mary acknowledged of herself those of low estate he made known this news to those of low estate for this ought not surprise us for what God does and how God, what God utilizes are not 
simply the strong things of the world, but the weak things of the world. Not the wise things of this world, but the foolish things of the world. And when the Magi, when the wise men came approximately two years later, it was those not of Israel, but Gentiles, whom would recognize that Jesus of Nazareth, born of Mary and the Holy Spirit, that he was God in flesh. He was the King of Israel. And so although Christmas Day is now over, the significance and the godliness that protrudes from the pages of the time of the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ are not limited to simply one day, but are profound in their ability to effectually work in us each and every day. May we constantly think about the incarnation, knowing that it was not an end in itself, but a means to an end, but nevertheless, both child being born and the son giving himself to man are wonderful examples of God's mind in Christ and his great love for us. Until next week, look up.